Welcome to Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. I'm your host, Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist and President and CEO of Paradium. My teams and I redefine success for purpose-driven families and businesses by challenging social norms and balancing family and finance to build kingdom impact and generational prosperity. I believe that there are families and businesses that have learned to give a new definition to the word success from a kingdom perspective. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the next 20 to 30 minutes where we take traditional thinking and turn it upside down. Hi, this is Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist. Welcome to Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builders Spotlight. I have a special treat for you today. Joining me today is Joe Peterson, who is the Principal Chair of the C12 Business Forums. And he and I have had a personal relationship for going on, I believe, three years now. And Joe has an incredible story to tell, especially when we talk about this idea of redefining success. He has been in the motorsports industry. He has been in the real estate industry. He's now in the consulting industry. So you talk about just running through the gamut of different experiences, different definitions of success, and seeing people crash, seeing people rise, and being in a position to just you're going to get a lot of incredible stories today. And I can't wait to just pull those stories out of Joe as we go through our conversation today. So Joe, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. Yeah. Yeah. So my audience doesn't know you. We're going to have to be careful because what I find in these situations is sometimes we get into personal anecdotes or personal stories, but give my audience kind of a 30,000 foot view of Joe Peterson. Gosh, that is um, that is a, a good question that you would think would be so easy to answer. Um, basically, I am a uh, Texan. I was born in Indiana, so I like to call myself a Hoosier when I'm in Indiana at the racetrack. But I'm a Texan that um, um, grew up here, went to school here, started my career here. Um, I have had a variety of careers, uh, some based on failures, some based on successes. Um, but I look back over my 62 years on this planet and I am simply, uh, amazed at, uh, how good God can be. Mm. And I'm not saying that because I drive a Bentley. I'm not saying that because I'm, I'm living in the biggest house in park cities because neither of those things are true, but, um, gosh, what a life this has been. And I was thinking this morning, I've got a buddy who's, who's very close to, to coming to the end of his battle with cancer. And I honestly prayed this morning, if today's my day, I'm ready. Mm. My life has been so rich. I'm, I, I've got young children. I have no intention of leaving now, but I've gotten to a point where I trust God's will so much over my own that I can pray a prayer like that and mean it. Yeah. So that may be a very odd answer to your question, but it's the best one I have. As far as 30,000 foot view, a lot of people define themselves by their career. I have eight children. I need to tell you that before I get into career at all. My oldest is 42. My youngest is four. 
They are all incredibly close. They love each other dearly. They're all in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, which is where I am. Uh, I started my career in motorsports. I moved into real estate development and construction. Uh, through success in that, I got to get back heavily into motorsports. And through a cancer diagnosis in the middle of it all, I got to change everything mm. and, um, and start over again. And here I am today, uh, getting to, to love what I get to do every single day and the people I get to work with. So is that 30,000 foot That's enough? 30,000 foot. Joe, is the best place that if we were going to, if we were really going to kind of highlight where your, your view changed or your kind of your idea of success even changed, is it the cancer diagnosis? Um, really where things shifted for you before that, after that, what would you say? Well, the cancer diagnosis was definitely big. It was, it was a, a rare form of blood cancer that, um, of course, blood cancer means stage four. It's throughout your body. Um, and it's one that, that doesn't have a cure. And so, yes, that gets your attention. Um, but no, you know, I really struggle with the word success. Okay. Because um, uh, success was something that I'm a, I'm a second child. I have an older brother. There's two of us. And being the second born, that means you're competitive, i.e. the motorsports piece. Um, but the competition for me was I did want to have success. My brother has been tremendously successful at everything he's done. We had wonderful parents that really worked hard at being intentional in the way they brought us up. Um, but pursuit of success for me was a big deal. I got married at 19. Mm. Uh, and instantly had a child. And that took me out of college, which was something my family doesn't do. Yeah. Uh, everyone's an academic. My mom was, you know, department head at a major university. We finished college. Um, and so here I am starting without uh, a bunch of money. I didn't come from a, a, a rich family and without an education. Hmm. So success became uh, you know, tattooed on both of my butt cheeks because, you know, I have to work harder for it. And so I would get up earlier. Um, every day was based on a performance-based focus. Mm. If you ever, none of it can do 12 things on your to-do list, I'm going to do 17 because I'm going to do 18 tomorrow and 24 next week. Uh, it was this, this uh, feeling of lack in that I, you know, I was in the real estate development industry at this point developers consume a lot of capital. I didn't start with capital, nor did I have a degree in that. And so I had to work harder and, and be smarter about it. And so success drove me really hard. Mm. And the problem was, is when I started to achieve it. When I started to achieve stop there, keep going. When I started to achieve it, then the lies got a little bit louder. Of course, I'm in Las Vegas this weekend speaking at this summit or at this conference. Of course, I'm missing soccer, but I'm doing this for the family. Mm. Of course, I'm in New York now because they've asked me to do this because they recognize me as the leader that I am. And, and I blew a marriage um, by putting the marriage on the shelf because I'm doing this for my family. And um, that's not success. Um, but the success pursuit continued hmm. um, because I blew the one marriage. Now I've got to prove that I'm good at that. And so instantly in another relationship, instantly into another marriage, these weren't brief marriages. The first one was 14 years. Second one was 12. Hmm. Um, 
but um, still pursuing success, still tracking my satisfaction with each day based on how much I could do, mm. how much I could accomplish, yeah. how far I could go. And it worked. And I did have magazine covers. I was a partner with Disney in my development company. I was a partner with Perot, with Bass, you know, um, built in different markets across the country. Um, and magazine covers and developer of the year and all those other things, success, 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 um, lots of Jaguars, all these things, because I was trying to, to look and feel successful because of course I am. Right. And, um, later in life, um, I finally got it. Let me I ask you stopped. a question. When you, when yeah. you were, when you were going through this, like you're, so you're doing all these deals and you're defining, you're in your second marriage, you're, defining success would from a cultural standpoint, would you have considered yourself a believer? Oh, absolutely. Culturally. I was raised in the church, came from a long line of pastors, yeah. but think about the word you just used believer. John three sixteen. you learned it when you're a toddler, practically for yeah. God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Yeah. Check that box. I believe. Yeah. The problem is even the demons believe, even Satan believes. And so I got caught up with stopping there yeah. rather than living by faith, rather than surrendering my will to his, I stopped with belief. I'm a Christian. And, you know, we walk down the streets of Fort Worth tonight and seven out of 10 of the people we ask will say, of course, I'm a Christian. Yeah. And, you know, maybe a guy with a beer in both hands and a girlfriend on both arms and his wife at home with his kids, yeah. but he's a Christian because he stopped at John three sixteen, yeah. And it was later in life. It was actually after the cancer diagnosis and during the cancer battle to extend my life that I started to figure out um, that believing in God is not the same as living by faith. Mm. And it's such a short sentence that sounds so simple, but it's not at all. Well, the thing that I wanted to hit on really quick, if you don't mind, is, you know, because I think that sometimes we get caught up in this. You know, the idea of this show is redefining success. So we think that a worldly definition of success and God's definition of success must go hand in hand because I believe in him. And then this is what the world says. So I'm going to go do this. And you're in church every Sunday you know, and, and maybe sometimes on Wednesdays, unless you've got to go speak because that's okay because you're out speaking, but it'd just be interesting to know if you look back on that, what are the top two or three lies that maybe you feel like were just dominating your thinking that permitted you or even put you in a mindset of where you're like, yeah, this is, this aligns, this is okay. Because I think it's really easy to get caught up in that without realizing, I almost say like, it's like having glasses, or if you think like how Paul talked about like the the cataracts like fell off his eyes. You know, we, we go from this point of just being blinded from what we can't see to seeing what we can see. What do you think had you blinded then? Because you're in church every Sunday. Okay. This is, this is way too transparent. You may have to edit this out later, <laughs> but um, the biggest lie is uh, it's about me. Mm. I was so happy telling God at the end of each day in my prayers, thank you, Lord, for making me so good. Thank you for making me so smart. 
thank you for who you've made me to be as your representative. It never occurred to me that it's about him. Mm. And that, you know, the, the, when the disciples asked Christ, you know, tell us how to pray, teach us how to pray. We, we get the, the Lord's prayer, you know, thy will be done. Yeah. And asking him about his will was, was, uh, probably a part of my prayers, but it always was preceded with my request. Cause I'm talking to him as my waiter, God. Mm. And then after saying your will be done, I would give him a really quick opinion of what my will is. So he'd be aware of my order. And that's not, that's not good doctrine, but it made me feel like I'm a Christian, even though I wasn't living, um, a life of a Christ follower. And I would have argued with you at the time. Of course, yeah, I go to church. I do this. I'm an elder in the church. You know, last week I spoke in church. Wow. But I wasn't living by faith. And, you know, through some really dark times in the cancer battle, um, I, I learned a lot. And I'm learning even more now. Mm. And I hate, it. I hate to even use the word success now because it's, it's not about success. It's about significance. Mm. Success for me was that, that hedonic treadmill, constantly in, in pursuit of one pleasure after another. Uh, and my pleasures weren't simple pleasures. My pleasures were, were uh, personal pleasures. Mm. Uh, the accumulation, success was accumulating things, accumulating power, accumulating influence, accumulating relationships, accumulating experiences, accumulating titles accumulating resume entries, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. That was success. It was all about accumulating. And then I crossed the line one day where I learned that um, it's not about what I can accumulate. It's not about me. It's not about what I can get. It's about what I can give. Yeah. And that's living a life of significance. Mm. And um, who knows how many times I'd read these verses, uh, but now I started to understand them. And uh, it made a significant difference in how I approach each day. Um, I would wake up each day and my first thought, I, you know, if you're getting up at five, Eric Dunvin, I'm getting up at four because I'm going to beat you. <laughs> 4 a.m. I'm starting on my to-do list. And as I'm preparing that to-do list, I'm thinking, when will I be at peace? Well, it'll be after I talk with the banker, after this happens, 530. To, and I would think in my mind when I would accept his peace after I've accomplished these things. Mm. Versus now, my very first thought, intentionally, when I am alert and, and thinking thoughts is about accepting Christ's peace. Mm. No matter what he brings my way, accepting his peace and reflecting that to others. It's a totally different life. Does that make sense? Or am I just no, it makes total sense. But I think the one thing, especially for listeners who are maybe caught up in that place of being on the rat wheel or, you know, the hamster wheel, I guess, so to speak. Yeah. And and like, but no, I mean, I, I'm in church and they say these things. And then as I'm kind of a business owner, I'm a leader, you know, this is what the world says is success. And what I've, I even found for myself, I, this is your interview, not mine, but you, you and I've talked about this enough to know. And I know that you're in the same boat is you start to chasing success that way is exhausting. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's something, it is a hamster wheel. It doesn't end. It's what the world tells us to do, but 
And so we go do it and we get on the hamster wheel and to the point that we get exhausted. And then the other thing that we begin to think, and I think you'd agree with this too, is we begin to think I'm the only one who's tired because I look at all these other guys who are doing this and they seem to have it figured out. And what we don't realize is everyone's tired and everyone's exhausted. And many times it takes reaching a breaking point to wake up to this is not what God intended anyway. Have you found that? Did you find that to be true? Or how did you find that to be true, Joe? Well, the world teaches us to live life by comparison. Mm. We're constantly comparing ourselves and we use that comparison. We let it to advance into rationalization. So when I looked at myself as a Christian, I would always rationalize by saying, well, I'm not Hitler. I've never killed anybody. I'm a great Christian. Well, you know, that's a rationalization. And um, living a life by comparison is, is not living the pattern of life that God modeled for us or that Christ modeled for us. Uh, I used to equate, Eric, and I think you and I have talked about this before, I would equate experience with wisdom. Hmm. You know, example, first time I, I jumped out of an airplane, my parachute didn't open. That was an experience. And I thought that brought me wisdom. Well, experience does not equal wisdom. Examined experience hmm. equals wisdom. And so I constantly kidded myself by living a busy life. I'm living an important life. And I'm contributing to others. And all I was doing was contributing to my ego and my needs. Uh, I wasn't living a significant life. You can't be busy and lead a significant life. The two don't go together. Satan loves it when we're busy, especially as leaders, because we're not going to be seeking his will. And every problem that comes to us, we're going to fix. Mm. because we're leaders. Of course, God trusted me with this problem. I got this. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm trying to fix problems. God never wanted me to even touch. And I'm fixing them in my power rather than his supernatural power doing the job it was supposed to do. Yeah. And so there's this great line. There's a movie called Spotlight about the Boston Globe and the Catholic Church and all this. But there's a great line near the end of it where the editor's talking to the team and he says, you know, we all go through life with the, with the lights out in the dark and all of a sudden the light comes on and we're, we're embarrassed at, at what we've done and how we behaved or what we've, you know, the direction we've taken. And, and that's what happened with me. The light came on and, you know, it, it's still burning brighter each day for me, hopefully, as I learn more and more about how to, to uh, follow the model that Christ is offering me. But um, it's embarrassing when the light goes on and you realize how off I was mm. and the destruction I left in that path, the mm. people I hurt, um, the, the waste of time, the waste of, of resources, the waste of opportunity. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a sinful man in a, in a broken world. I feel like we're an alcoholic. It's anonymous meeting there, Joe. I'm so am I. <laughs> Hi, Joe. Nice to meet you. Um, and I think everybody who's listening would, would resonate with that. Where, I, I want you to feel comfortable in however we answer this, but I would love, because I think it would really be enlightening for our audience. Where'd you start to see the light come on? Um, just through the grace of, of some, some men I was very close to. Um, Motorsports. I, I had the opportunity to compete, and I want to say it was either eight or nine Indy 500s. We had a, a team that was focused on um, how can we uh, share the love of Christ through the excitement of motorsports? It was a Christian-based uh, racing team. And so we had a lot of volunteers. One of the volunteers owned a social media company. Mm. And he was always talking about his board 
how his board prevented him from having this uh, problem, helped them make a decision about expansion, kept him from borrowing money over here when he shouldn't have. And so one night at dinner, uh, I asked him, I said, man, you know, tell me about this board. I've been in, in business for 30 years and I've got bankers I owe money to. I got equity partners I've bowed down to. I got insurance guys I pay premiums to, but I've never had an advisory board that's really helped. Mm. And he told me about C12, mm. um, which is like YPO. It's like Vistage. It's a, it's, you know, groups of CEOs that get together once a month to encourage each other and hold each other accountable and learn best business practices. The biggest difference between C12 and all the others I've been involved with was C12 is only for men and women who are fully sold out in their faith, that fully understand Christ owns everything. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we play by different rules and we have different standards we're trying to hold each other to. So I came to a C12 meeting thinking, okay, this is great. I hope they don't see who I am because mm -hmm. I'm in construction. We don't do that ministry thing here. That, that was, that's, yeah, that doesn't apply to me. But at the end of the day, they invited me to join and I accepted the invitation, maybe out of ego more than anything else, because I really didn't feel like I belonged. But over the course of the next six to nine months, they changed everything for me. And they showed me how much I did belong. And they showed me how much I could apply what they were doing in their restaurant business and their hospital and their internet company to what I was doing. And it changed everything. Mm. And it was just a little time after that, that I got my cancer diagnosis. And wow. because of the, the, the depth of the issue, I was not able to continue in any of my businesses. We sold everything. And, um, just through the grace of God, I had uh, 11 other people I was doing life with, not business, but life with, who carried me through 26 rounds of chemo and a stem cell transplant. Um, none of my vendors would do that because I didn't have a development company more. They didn't return my phone calls. They mm. wished me the best, but we had a business relationship. Yeah. I called it a friendship because we were really friendly, but we were friendly business associates. Mm. And when the business piece stops, the friend piece doesn't continue. But my C12 brothers and sisters, um, they understood from day one that we're there to fight for each other. It's almost like being in a foxhole. I'm not fighting for my flag. I'm not fighting for the country. I'm fighting for the person on this side of me and that side of me. Because if they don't make it, I don't make it. Yeah. And that's, that's what C12 was for me. So that was the time that things really changed is when I got around other brothers and, you know, it's the name of C12. Christ had 12 yeah. prior to joining C12. I'm a self-made guy. Just watch what I can do. I, 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 and then following Christ's model, doing life with others, having godly counsel around me to stop me, to slap me up the side of the head, to ask me the question I thought I'd already answered. It changed everything. Hmm. Hmm. Where do you think you'd be if you'd had to go through that cancer diagnosis without that group? Um, I honestly don't think I would have recovered. You know, the no. cancer is still present. Um, I can, you know, in every three months for, for scans and the oncologist confirms, yep, you're still lighting up, but it's not changing. It's not growing. Hmm. You know, I was watching some, some of the reports from Ukraine here and there was a, a missile that landed in the, the kitchen of an apartment. Uh, the missile's present and it's still alive, but it didn't explode. And I wouldn't want to be the guy that's in charge of moving that missile from the apartment. That's similar to what's inside me right now. 
the cancer is still present, but it's not growing. Hmm. And so um, it makes every single day here a precious day. Hmm. And again, I mentioned before, eight kids, three of them are littles, four, six, and seven. And so um, I am the most intentional dad <laughs> you will ever encounter because these kids deserve all the love and, um, and support and encouragement that I can possibly give. Yeah. So um, I'm a much more intentional and much more focused father than I was when I was pursuing my career. Mm. You're letting me talk too much. No, I'm not. This is your interview. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Joe, what, it, tell me just, especially cause my listeners, some of my listeners don't know. Some of my listeners may be familiar with C12, but for those that are not, um, this doesn't have to necessarily do with C12, but what were maybe some of the first one or two questions that really maybe kind of begin to shift your perspective about the way you were defining success versus how you're around this table with other, these other board members who are defining success differently that are now changing your mindset on this. What are maybe some of the first one or two that really had an impact on you? Um, how to discern God's will. Hmm. I could pray the Sunday school prayer. Everybody else does. Do you want God's will in your life? Of course I do. Who do you trust more? You or God? I trust God. But again, I was, doing my own thing and then thanking him at the end of the day, it never occurred to me to ask his will and wait on his will. Mm. So I was doing, this is so embarrassing. I would look for signs. If the bank said yes to my loan application, that means God wants me to borrow this money and build this deal. <laughs> well, no, that meant the credit committee said yes. It didn't mean God said yes, right. but I stopped right there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, how to best seek out God's will and to wait how to seek out God's timing rather than my own. You know, I, I own this company. I'm, I'm a mover and shaker. He put me in charge because he knows I get things done. Oh, that's a lie. Mm. He didn't put me in charge so I could ignore him, ignore his timing, ignore his will, ignore the pattern of life he laid out for me. But the marketplace sure told me I was good. Mm. Mm. And I listened to the marketplace rather than him. And so it was all about me. And, and, you know, when you start to make that transformation, that transition, you start to realize it's not about me at all. It's not about how much I can acquire. It's about how much I can give away. Yeah. All my prayers before were from the head. Where are they coming from now? Yeah, it changes everything. Yeah. I was pointing at my heart, by the way. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Um I know, you know, so you transitioned, now you're leading some C, you're leading in C12. Um, what was kind of the heart position? So you've, you've, you go through the cancer diagnosis, you sell your business, what kind of then leads you back into what's next? I mean, kind of tell the story of, you know, getting into leadership in C12, you know, from where you're like, okay, so I've had to sell everything. And now I'm thinking about what's next. And there's a season where you're not even healthy to think about what's next and everyone's carrying you. But what does that transition? What does that story look like? Yeah, the, the, the brief version of it is uh, I was really at the pinnacle on the real estate piece. Because of that success, I got to get heavily back into motorsports. And I was at the pinnacle of the motorsports piece. Mm. And everything had to come to a stop. And um, the opportunity to... Um, 
once I, I started to get some strength back and get some hair back uh, and that the cancer went stagnant, um, I started putting some weight back on him. My C12 leader said, okay, what are you going to do now? I hadn't even thought about that question. I was still, you know, just going through each day, but it was a very valid question. And he, he finished the question by saying, will you help me build C12? You're really good at marketing. Mm. Uh, would you help me? And I ended up saying, well, what I'd rather do is buy it from you. And so as I look back at my real estate career, and again, I was developing, I, I never went as far west as California, but I was, you know, up in Northern Minnesota, down to central Florida, Texas, Carolinas, Colorado, building skyscrapers inside the loop in Chicago. I mean, I had some fun projects. But as I look back at that career, what I remember are the relationships that came through each of those. Mm. And the blessing of C12 is that's the only piece I work on now is relationships. Mm. Um, I'm not, I'm not building something. I'm not trading something. I'm not brokering something. All I get to do every day is, is make new relationships and deepen existing ones. And, and just hopefully ask great questions and, and help people with the questions they're asking themselves. And so it just feels like such an incredible blessing to carve out the piece of my career that was so valuable to me and say, okay, just do that 100% of the time. Yeah. Thank you for asking about that. That's, that's fun. What do you see for people who are where you were? What do you see helps them kind of maybe they get that glimmer in their eye of, yeah, something does need to change. Yeah. Something I, versus someone who, I mean, what, what I find in, in the world is that there typically are two people. There are people who are very stuck in where they are and there are people who are ready to change. And it's really hard to move people who are stuck where they are to changing without something jolting them awake. So let's assume that those people are hard to change, but the people who have that glimmer in their eye, of man, something needs to change. I'm hoping I can find something. What it, do you find any consistent themes in those conversations when you're meeting other business owners and kind of beginning these relationships that now you're kind of sitting on the other side of the table of, that really helped you? Yeah, that is such a great question. Wouldn't it be wonderful if, if others can go through that, that transformational period without it being triggered by a transformational event? the loss of a child, the loss of a husband or wife or some other major trauma, such as my cancer diagnosis. Um, often it takes that struggle or that difficulty to, to truly get our attention, no matter how many books we've read or what movies we've seen or whatever else. And you know, I think it's John 16, 33 says, there will be tribulation in your life if you follow Christ. And on my third grade level thinking, I always thought, okay, that means I'm wearing a jersey that says Jesus on it and nobody likes Jesus. So I'm not going to be on the team anybody likes. But that's not what was meant by it at all. It was basically saying the struggles and the tribulations that I bring to you is what's going to define you. Mm. It's what's going to make you the warrior I need you to be. You can register to, to go through SEAL school to become a Navy SEAL. And you can probably figure out a way to hide behind the building during all the physical training, probably. or maybe, maybe find somebody who looks like you to go to hell week or whatever. And at the end of it all, you get to step out as if you've been there the whole time and get your trident and call yourself a SEAL. But the problem with that is you didn't go through the pain. And so you have the trident. You may look and smell and sound like a SEAL in your mind, but you have no idea how to save yourself 
are the men and women around you. Mm. And so God's given us these tribulations and these struggles, and they're the, probably the biggest blessings in our lives. Mm. And even looking back at them, it's hard to smile because of the pain that it caused my, me, or maybe the pain that I reflected onto others through them with regard to divorces or whatever, but they truly are the things that define me now. And I can't fix the past, but I know I can do better as I move forward into the future. And so again, it's not about me. It's about how can I serve? Mm. How can I quit trying to work on self-improvement and work instead on how much I can grow and help others stretch mm. how much I can grow others. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. Do you have, do you ever find yourself almost falling back into those old habits, those old that way of thinking? What's the quickest way to get yourself out? If somebody was listening and like, man, I find myself doing that. What's your, what's your strategy or trick to getting out? Um, the, the tricks aren't easy. The, the first thing is being able to identify it. Whenever you feel stress or anxiety, that should be like a, a fire alarm going off. That doesn't mean go get a Starbucks. It doesn't mean, you know, I need to, to take a pill. It means I'm living outside his will. I'm putting the weight of the world on my shoulders. And it was never intended to be that. How do I stop and breathe and remember God's got this Exodus 14, 14, the battle is his just stand still. Mm. The majority of my life, the battle was mine. Watch me impress God with how good I take care of it. That was never what he intended. So the first thing is, is realizing whenever you are busy, that true, our two is truly living outside his will. Yeah. Um, there's so many business owners who aren't business owners. They don't own the business. The business owns them. Yeah. There's so many business owners that accept that, hey, it's just the cost of being a business owner. Of course, my marriage is crap. Of course, I, I you know, my, my teenage daughter doesn't like me right now. I own a business. That's up to mom to take care of. I was working with a guy one time, not that long ago. This is really embarrassing to say out loud. He said, when we take our youngest daughter to college, we're going to be in two separate cars because we ain't going back to the same house. Mm. Yeah. And this mm. is like, he was projecting like six years in advance because he's a business owner. She doesn't understand me. We're just staying together for the kids. And he was accepting that as okay. Mm. So I think, and, and busyness allows to, us to do that. Yeah. Busyness keeps the lights out where we don't realize what we're doing or anything going on around us because we're so dang busy, we can't stop and contemplate. And so how can I slow myself down to truly consider, is this the life God intended? Here, here's a good test. Just ask yourself, when is the last time you asked yourself, what is my deepest desire and my greatest hope? Mm. If you can't remember the last time you asked that, Maybe that's an indicator. Yeah. What makes your heart dance? Mm. When was the last time your soul leaped? Figure that out and put it on your calendar. <laughs> that's the life God intended for us. But because we live in a broken world, because we're constantly comparing ourselves to other, because we're constantly rationalizing what's not going the way it's supposed to, well, it's because of this. We stay in the dark. Yeah. And God, we put limits on our lives that God never intended. He wants our soul to dance frequently. He wants our hearts to leap constantly. Mm. 
He wants us to pursue our deepest desire and our greatest hope. But again, in this busy world, we can go months, years without even thinking about that question. Hmm. I love that, Joe. One of the things I want you to tell my audience a little bit about, because um, you, know, you have such a heart for caring for people. Tell them a little bit about your Monday morning schedule. Oh, um, gosh, that's such a crazy story. Um, uh, I don't know, maybe four years ago, um, I was in a, a meeting with C12 leaders and one of the leaders mentioned that he got all of his members together, like 15, 16 guys on Mondays to start the weekend prayer. I thought, what a great idea. Yeah. And so I need to do that. And then I started thinking, well, you know, it shouldn't just maybe be for my C12 members. There's so many guys who, and ladies who aren't members that would benefit from it. I'll, I'll send out some texts where you fast forward to today, every single Monday morning at 8 a.m., we have a, a prayer by phone and by social media that um, I can't think of, of many countries that have not been included. Regularly, there's people from Poland, from Australia, you know, tens of thousands of people get to either participate live or because they're in different time zones, different times. We have a huge contingent from South Africa. Um, we had, there's one national organization that they had their board meetings Mondays at 8 a.m. that they moved to 810 <laughs> so they could all could be there and listen to the prayer on. Isn't that crazy? It is. And so out of that came this. This is a book called Excellence in Leadership. This is a 52-week devotional, a prayer devotional mm. written for business, organizational, and government leaders. And the reason I'm showing it to you is because you asked me, hey, is there a giveaway or something? Yeah. Um, this again is 52 weeks of prayers. Everyone's different, uh, along with a journal section and kind of a, a leather cover and all that. This is the author's proof edition. So everyone's signed and numbered. The forward was written by Horst Schultze, the founder of Ritz Carlton. And anybody that would like a copy of this, it would be my honor to mail it to you. Oh, wow. So, so how would uh, they get in touch with you, Joe, if that's what that they wanted to? And you need to maybe just make a I've got a I've got a copy. I love that book. Um, I love what you're doing for leaders. But how do they get a copy? How do they get in touch with you? Um, you want me to get an email address or what's the best way? Yeah, what's the, I mean, what's the best way for them to reach you? If it's email, that's great. Email is outstanding. And hopefully your editor can put this on the screen because I spell Peterson a little bit different. But my email is joe.peterson at c12forums.com. So hopefully we can put that on the screen or in a comment section or something. Yeah, we'll put that it's in the show notes. Um, What's that? Make sure, put it in the show notes. Absolutely. So we especially will. if you are trying to get in touch with Joey, he does spell Peterson differently than you might. Yeah, um, it's just a little bit different. But when you, when you say, I want one, don't put a period after that. Add, here's my name, here's my <laughs> mailing address, and I will, uh, our shipping department will get these out to you right away. But I hope it's a blessing to you. Yeah, oh, what a fantastic gift. Um, Joe, what is, so email is probably the best way to get in touch with you. What if somebody wants to join the um, prayer call or something like that? I guess it's so it's getting on LinkedIn or getting on Facebook and connecting with you. What's the best way if they want to join in the prayer call? I am easy to find on LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Um, all the information on the prayer courses and the devotional. So that's an easy way to get it. Um, uh, my consulting company is EIL for excellence in leadership dot group. And so there's a lot of information on the website. 
the C12 group is joinc12.com. So if you're a business owner that has been doing life alone and um, you're ready to consider the benefit of doing things differently, you know, right now it's so interesting, Eric. There's so many unprecedented things happening in the marketplace, uh, way beyond the pandemic. I mean, they're almost too numerous to, to list. And most of the questions we have as business owners, you know, Google doesn't have the answer to. Google has information, but I need wisdom. And wisdom comes from the failures of the others around the table and the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm even going to challenge that. Neither does our pastor, unfortunately have the answer that we need as business owners, which is another reason men and women who are in business need to get engaged in a board like C12. Yes. So if you have an interest in that, join C12. It's not only across North America. We have a huge presence in Central America and the Pacific Rim countries. So um, we're almost in every major city. And uh, if we're not, we'll figure out a way to serve you no matter what city you're in. So joinc12.com would be the way to learn more about that. Joe, so tell people so they can find you on social media. Spell your last name real quick. Oh, yeah. Uh, Peterson, as you would think it is, P-E-T-E-R-S-E-N instead of O-N. That's the only difference. It's S-E-N. Perfect. And you guys can connect with Joe. I definitely would encourage you to be a part of the the, um, prayer calls. I also would encourage you to get a copy of this devotional. I mean, what an incredible gift. Joe, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for just being a great interview, sharing your heart. And I'm just going to tell you one thing is you don't need to be embarrassed about anything. We've all got a story and all we need to do is just tell it and God will use it. So again, thank you for your time. Thank you everyone for being here. We will see you again next week. God bless you. Blessings. Thank you so much, Eric. Eric L. Dunavit here. Thank you so much for joining us for Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. If you're a business owner or a family who is actively redefining success or have thoughts on kingdom impact or generational prosperity, and you would like to be a guest on the show, then I invite you to apply. Visit www.ericldunavant.com slash podcast slash apply. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to share that either through text or social media. Take a screenshot of the show and share that and share what you learned. If you know anyone that should be a guest on our show, we would also love for you to connect us to them. The best way to do that is to use hashtag redefining success. I love to read your thoughts and shares on social media. And we also are honored just to get any recommendations of people that you think we should be interviewing on the show. We are constantly adding new content, adding new podcasts. So first and foremost, I'm going to recommend that you subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. Also, you all of your likes, your reviews, your shares, all of that makes a big difference to the show. So if you'll include those when you can, we definitely appreciate it. If you'd like to get in touch with me, visit www.ericl360.com and all of my connections to social and other ways to get in touch with me are there. This is Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist, signing off 
Until next time.